Hello everyone, welcome to Just Getting By, episode 48, for Friday the 25th of November 2011. My name is Craig Jones, and I'm joined, as always, by Chemslave. Hello, Chemslave. Yo. Well, uh, happy birthday. Uh, you have turned the ripe old age of 20... You probably don't want... You probably don't want to, uh, have uh, your name and birthday out there, so we will just leave it at that. But, again... Yeah, I'm an old geezer. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, you're... Yeah. Yeah, being 20 is very, very, very old. So, um... I hope you had a good birthday, and, uh... I hope you're rested and not hungover because uh, we have possibly the most serious show of the week coming up. And oh, that boy. Is, that is Friday. That is Technology Friday. Tech Friday is my favorite. Um, I get to talk and geek out about all things Apple and Google and uh, uh, Apple and uh, Google and, uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that pathetic? Isn't yes. that sad? That, that's all we, and, you know, I, I admit that I am a little bit biased towards Apple. I love Apple products. But every time I put an Apple story into the new, into the, uh, the show notes, I feel bad because I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be, uh, the fanboy that always talks about Apple. I just can't help it. And Google, we have a Google-heavy week uh, this time. Not so much uh, Apple, uh, but we have some. So let's uh, let's dive in, shall we? Yep. So at the beginning of the week, we uh, we had the Galaxy Nexus uh, release. Well, release if you live in Britain. But the uh, the embargoes were lifted, and all the tech journalists could post their reviews. Uh, Joshua Topolsky, the editor-in-chief of The Verge, uh, it sounded like he was he was orgasming the whole time when he uh, wrote his review. I mean, it really sounded like he was sitting there jerking off to the phone with one hand and in the other hand typing uh, his review. I mean, it was disgusting. I have, I have rarely seen a review so uncritical now, to be fair to Josh, um, I've seen that a lot with this phone. This Galaxy Nexus looks like it's a pretty hot phone. It is a 4.7-inch screen. Wow, but that's it huge. It is, but it doesn't look that much bigger than like a, a 4.5 or a 4-inch phone because what they did was they, they extended the screen down and they have done away with the physical buttons. You know how Android phones always had that row of four capacitive touch buttons? Home, menu, back, and uh, search. And so whatever they were, Weren't they also not in the same order on every yeah, single phone? I was just going to say that. They, I swear to God, uh, Chemslave, they, they had those icons on a, on a, on a piece of die on like dice and they would just toss them against the wall and see what stuck and that would be the order that they'd go in I swear to god I mean, every, even the same manufacturer 
would change the order of of icons. So now Google is avoiding that by eliminating those buttons entirely. Now, uh, the new operating system, Ice Cream Sandwich, which we discussed at length in an earlier podcast, uh, does still support... <clears throat> excuse me, my, my voice cracked there. Excuse me. I'm going through puberty. You'll have to excuse me. Uh, <laughs> not quite. Uh, but uh, Ice Cream Sandwich does support the, the physical buttons. So you can install this on old devices, but Google clearly wants the, wants the manufacturers to trans, uh, transition to no physical buttons. And the home, back, menu, and search buttons will be virtual buttons that can pop up and go away as needed on the device. So that's where they get a lot of that extra few, uh, few uh, centimeters on the, uh, on the, on the phone. Um, it's a nice-looking phone, I must say. I've uh, seen some criticism of the screen. Uh, the screen has a high pixel density, but it's lower than the, than the iPhone 4. And the iPhone 4 uh, ha- is obviously a, a, an inch smaller in terms of screen real estate. Uh, and also, the, uh, the Galaxy Nexus has what is called a pentile display. What a pentile display is, is a display that does not natively show white. It only shows uh, various shades of yellow and green in order to try and simulate white. Okay, it's, that, that seems weird. It, it, it sounds worse than it, than it is. Now, there was a phone released, the Motorola Razr, and that one has a very uh, dark very green-hued screen because of the pentile display. And a lot of people have pointed that out as a major flaw of the Droid Razor. But the uh, Galaxy Nexus avoided that fate. They have a higher-quality pentile display. You can still see it's not quite as clear and crisp as an iPhone screen, but that's a very high bar. And in terms of Android devices, this is a fantastic screen, beautiful screen it looks like. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get one. I'm hoping that uh, I'll be able to install Ice Cream Sandwich on my Nexus One. Google won't let me, but I'm hoping other people will. But, you know, if I had the money, I'd want uh, a Galaxy Nexus. I mean, that's a beautiful-looking phone. It really is. Now, along with Google, uh, we saw the launch of Google Music. Uh, Chemslave, do you want to... Tell me what you know about Google Music. Um, don't know that much about it. Know that it probably is not in the market. Um, I'm not in the market to be using it because it seems to be more for people who enjoy indie music than anything else because they don't have every single um, what is it um, music studio um, um, like um offering music for them. That's right. They have uh, they have Sony, they have uh, Warner BMG, they have uh, Universal, but they do- oh wait no not Universal. That's not a m- movie. Uh, that's not a music company. And you know, I-, I forget <laughs> to be honest with you who the big four are. But uh, the one that they don't have is Warner. They do not have Time Warner yet. 
And they have, like, Lincoln Park and, uh, and other really well-known uh, groups. So, no, they uh, do not have a full music library. They are only offering about, uh, about uh, 9 million tracks right now. And iTunes has 18 million. Uh, but that's going to improve over time. And they will eventually get that vast music label. Uh, that's almost a guarantee. Uh, but the thing is, you're right. Uh, it has a lot of indie music. But also, it's heavily centered on Android, as you might imagine. Uh, it has deep, deep integration with the music app on Ice Cream Sandwich. Uh, it also has deep integration with Google+. Plus. Now, Kemsafe, how often do you, do you use Google Plus? Um, I used it twice when I um, when I um, signed up and sort of like looking at what people are um, typing in the area. Really good for stalking people, um, but that sort of got um, old quick, and I haven't touched it in um, since. Uh, basically, neither have I. I have logged in a couple times, but yeah, I'm not not a fan. Uh, but uh, Google Music is highly, highly integrated with Google+. You can, as long as you have a friend in one circle, and that friend has you in a circle, you can share a track from Google+, that you bought, and people can listen to it free one time in its entirety. That seems interesting. It does, actually. It, that does seem interesting. Uh, to be honest with you, though, there isn't a whole lot that would make you go to Google Music instead of Amazon or Apple. Amazon is really positioned as the alternative to Apple, and I just don't see Google uh, getting the traction necessary to become another alternative or to knock anybody else out of the game. Yeah, I personally use Amazon. I I still use uh, iTunes. Uh, I don't find that the uh, price difference is all that great, and especially I've now had that several albums that are half price on Amazon. Well, we have different tastes in music, so yeah, I uh, I have not experienced that, but I, I I've heard other people say that as well. So uh, you know, it, it just depends. Uh, you can't beat, you you definitely cannot beat uh, Apple's uh, penetration into the market with iPods and iPhones and iPads and all that stuff. Uh, but you know who could try to beat them is Amazon. So uh, you know, Kemsley, we had another release, a big time release of a device this week, the Kindle Fire. Do you, uh, what do you know about that? Well, it seems to be, um, the Amazon's, like, um, slight response to, um, the, um, the iPad, but not really, because it doesn't seem to be exactly this, competing in the exact same market as the iPad, because it's sort of more streamed for reading books and, um, I don't know, music. 
Uh, I would agree with you. Uh, it is an Android tablet. It is seven inches. It uh, is two hundred bucks. Two hundred is enormously cheap, and it will likely uh, sell a lot of uh, units, probably in the millions. It will almost overnight be the highest selling Android tablet of all time, which is not difficult to do because Android tablets up until this point have been overpriced and underpowered and there's been no ecosystem. The most important thing about the Kindle, the Kindle Fire, is that it has the Amazon ecosystem behind it. It has its cloud music service built in so that you can listen to your music in the cloud uh, without taking up any room on the uh, on the Kindle Fire. It has uh, built-in instant streaming to its Netflix competitor, Amazon Instant. And it also syncs up your bot movies and TV shows as well. Uh, obviously, it is a Kindle, so it has a robust Kindle application. Uh, and, you know, its web browser is supposed to be fast uh, because of some you know, rendering technology that seems more voodoo than anything else, but, you know, it's, it sounds like a capable device. It is slow. It's not as snappy as the iPad. It's also 200 bucks. I can't keep, I cannot mention that enough. 200 bucks. That's amazing. And yeah, for 200 I would, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted by, by the, by the price point. You know, I have found myself to be very happy with the tablet paradigm. And I think you would be well served by getting a, uh, a tablet of some sort. And the Kindle Fire looks like it's going to be a nice alternative for people that don't want to spend 500 bucks on an iPad. If you don't get an iPad, you should get this, is what I'm going to say. If you were ever, if you were even leaning towards getting an iPad, however, I would still recommend you get the iPad. This Kindle Fire, at least in the you know the the first release, it is just too slow. There's not enough processing power, not enough applications because it's an Android tablet. But Amazon has its own Android App Store, and it only offers a fraction of those apps for the Fire as well. So, there's only a couple hundred applications right now. It's, it's, it's not a lot. Uh, but this is not really supposed to be an ecosystem device in that respect. It's a con content consumption device that ties into Amazon's uh, shopping services. Music, uh, movies, TV shows, books, all that stuff. And it's wonderful. It looks like it's wonderful. And I, I can't wait to, uh, to see it. Uh, I'm not going to get one, obviously. I have an iPad. I have no need for a Kindle Fire. Oh, by the way, if, uh, if you want to look at dead-end technology, uh, uh, on Black Friday, Staples, and uh, it sounds like other ones as well, are going to be having the BlackBerry Playbook, which looks uh, quite like the uh, Kindle Fire, on sale for 200 bucks as well. Why would you want to get one of those? Uh, well... It, it is a more powerful system than the Kindle Fire. Uh, and the operating system is novel, so for those people that are geeks and that, uh, you know, are into that stuff, you know, it's a, it's a relatively good deal. 
but you raise a good question. Uh, there is no future ahead for the playbook. I am anticipating its d uh, demise at any point now. And I'm, <laughs> frankly, anticipating the demise of Rim at any point as well. Uh, I don't have high hopes for Rim. I don't have high hopes for the playbook. I don't have high hopes for BlackBerry. And, uh, you know, it's, it's WebOS all over again. Except people actually gave a shit about Blackberries. So that's what's sad about that. Uh, so you, did you hear about Salman Rushdie and Facebook? Yes, I did. Tell the audience about this, because this is just breathtaking to me. And this is, this is emblematic of why Facebook is evil. Okay. Um, well, Salman Rushdie, writer of, was it, the Satanic Verses? That's right. Um, he um, goes by his middle name, Salman, not Ahmed. And he um, signed up his Facebook account as Salman Rushdie, because everybody knows him as Salman Rushdie. Well, Facebook doesn't think so. Facebook thinks he should be, um, his um, username should be Ahmed Rushdie, because that is his first name. So they um, turned off his um, user, uh, his account, and he actually had to like um, complain to them and write to like um, tweet like Mark Zuckerberg saying that they're morons. And they, um, after a while, they actually did turn his account back on, but now it says Ahmed Rushdie. Does it what really? The... It still says Ahmed Rushdie. Um, I don't know about now, but um. They reactivated, reactivated the page with um, Ahmed Rushdie, not. Um, oh, 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 yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. You're a little behind the times. Uh, what what happened? <laughs> what happened was uh, uh, Rushdie signed up on Facebook with uh, you know Simon Rushdie, and he was okay for a little bit, and then he uh, got uh, locked out. I forget if it's because uh, somebody was impersonating him or he uh, had been hacked or something. I forget why. But he had to appeal to Facebook and prove that he was the owner of that account. And the method that Facebook chose to employ was to ask for his passport. So he get, he mailed them a copy of his passport. And they reactivated the site under the name Ahmed Rushdie, which is, as you said, his, uh, his first name. Uh, and everybody knows him as, as uh, Salman Rushdie. So uh, he tried to change it. He asked Facebook to change it, and they wouldn't because their policy is to have the first name, last name. So he went to Twitter, as again you said, and he complained, called them morons and everything. And finally, he had such a brouhaha going on in Twitter that the Facebook team finally had to say, okay, you know what? We apologize. We're sorry. And they, in the end, they did change it back to Salman Rushdie. They did change it. So I was, that's why I was surprised. I, I was thinking, did they change it back again? So no, See, it, it, I was just behind the times on that part. Yeah. No, uh, no. If you go to Salman Rushdie's fan page on Facebook, it will say Salman Rushdie. Um, that, that just seems like complete bullshit that they require your, you to use your first name, last name. Yeah, who the well, hell are they? to say. As a matter of fact, you know, uh, 
a lot of people in the Northeast where we live don't realize this, but people in the South oftentimes will go by their middle name. And uh, you, uh, my high school librarian, for instance, uh, went by his middle name. Uh, my, um, uh, you know, on Fox News, uh, the lead anchor on Fox News, Shepard Smith, Shepard is his middle name, uh, not his first name. And that's a very, very common thing in, uh, in the South. I had a lot more examples, and I'm forgetting them. <laughs> but, but it's true. Uh, so I cannot imagine that Facebook wouldn't have a method of handling that. And there are some societies that do not have first name, last names. Like um, Indonesia, for, for instance, is famous for only having one name. Uh, really? And, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was a very famous dictator of of um, Indonesia. His name is Suhartu. And Suhartu was his first name and last name. It was his only name. Suhartu. Uh, so, yeah, you know, you have a lot of those issues. And you have, uh, you know, Arabic uh, naming conventions uh, where the first name and last name are, I believe... The, the way we think of it, kind of switched, or maybe not Arabic, maybe... Uh, oh, like Chinese and Japanese, that's Ch the Chinese, Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's Chinese and Japanese, yeah. But uh, non-Western traditions of all, uh, of all, you know, you know, examples, they have issues with the first name, last name convention that Facebook employs. I cannot believe that this has not been an issue before. Uh, it goes to show you just how Anglo-focused Facebook is, even given it has 750 million accounts. Alright, so you know, you know what else really kills me in the technology space? Is how much money there is. Oh. Yeah, you know, we have a big issue. There is a bubble. You know what a bubble is, right? It's a, it's a uh, market condition where there's... Uh, too much pressure to uh, expend too much money at a given point in time, where the facts on the ground really do not support the the expenditure of that money. You see that the dot-com bubble was a famous example of that in the technology industry. And now we have a Web 2.0 startup bubble. We have all these companies like Groupon and LinkedIn, well, that's a little bit old, but still. Uh, and, you know, Facebook is going to be the king of all IPOs. But you have all these companies applying for IPOs. 